it's your, I want to say obligation, and that's a really strong word, but it's your obligation and responsibility to take that on for yourself, knowing that you are completely worth it, knowing that you are valuable right where you stand right now, and you are valuable when you become what it is you wish to become, and to be more of who you are meant to be. Welcome to the Let's Start Health podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Haynes. We live in a noisy world, and this space is intended to bring you clarity, enrich your bank of wellness knowledge, and inspire you to kickstart your journey to healing body, mind, and soul. I'll be interviewing industry professionals and bringing you raw, real, and personal stories of healing through gut health, intuitive eating, and the power of the abundance mindset. Thank you so much for tuning in and getting curious. Your journey to healing starts now. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Start Health podcast. I'm so excited to share my first ever guest with you today. Her name is Vicki Griffith. Vicki and I met at an entrepreneurship luncheon a few weeks ago, and I was immediately attracted to her infectious enthusiasm and deceptively low-key casual approach to coaching and connection. Vicki works hard to eliminate self-sabotage in sales and weight loss, and though it may seem odd, unfortunately, for most people, a huge roadblock in either goal that prevents them from thriving is actually what's going on between their ears. Negative thoughts and beliefs are impacting their actions to slim down or to grow the business of their dreams. If this sounds like you, then this episode is 100% for you as she reveals simple steps that create powerful shifts so you can achieve your ideal weight and business goals with ease and thrive. Vicki personally shifted from a ho-hum, unhappy fat teenager and is now a certified hypnotist, emotional freedom technique professional, She travels doing public speaking and is also a featured radio and TV show guest. She's the author of the book Stucked Up, A Breakthrough Path to Unstuck. She also co-authored Life Boosts. She's a licensed minister and an adjunct professor at the University of Richmond, and she offers so much valuable information on today's episode. I can't wait to hear what you think. Enjoy the show. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so grateful to have met you um, at a women's group, and I was just so touched by your story. And I would love just to hand the microphone right over to you and share with whoever is listening today just a little bit about your personal story and what brought you to what you are doing now. Well, thanks, Chelsea. I'm so excited to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. Very grateful. Thank you. So my story began when I was born. Oh, I guess we don't have that much time. So that's... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But when I was born, I was a chubby little baby um, all the way up through when I was a young adult and through teenage years, through childhood years. And the, the agony of being overweight of course, my parents took me to several different programs, including doctors that prescribed speed to me at one time because that was the appetite suppressant at the time. Um, I, I, I felt like there was something wrong with me. I was broken in some way. And if I could just fix this fat thing, I would be okay. So I kept searching and searching, even as a teenager. And discovered something that was absolutely amazing that shifted and changed. It was so powerful. It changed my life. However, I was still fat. But what I noticed was, is that it wasn't about who we think we are, or who we keep judging ourselves, or criticizing ourselves about, we actually have a power in our mind to change it. And to change things about ourselves so easily, that including letting go of some of my favorite foods became easy, which was shocking. Mm. What 
also discovered too over the period of the research that I've done is seven two and a half years most women are spending dieting of their life. Wow. I know. It's crazy. And it breaks my heart because nine times over they lose their body weight only to be ten to twelve pounds or twenty pounds overweight in the end anyway. Mm. And that's when I decided between my mess of growing up fat and all that went around with it and uh, the statistics that this has to change. Amazing. So was there a moment for you where you sort of just had that realization this has to change? Was there something in your life where all of a sudden you just woke up and wanted things to be different? Something that needed to be different was Mm. changing something about my emotions and my mental attitude rather than what I was eating. Everyone always thinks they need to change what they're eating. So I had to look at, so what's the, what's the physical reasons why I wanted to let go of weight? And of course, you know, can't get into your skinny jeans. <laughs> it's always the one that we look at. But of course, there's all the health issues as well that could be complicated by being overweight. Um, mentally, there's the brain fog and unable to think clearly. So therefore, you're making poor decisions. And my poor decisions was running to food, no matter what was going on in my life. Mm. foods I was choosing and then there's a mental diet and this is what I tell everyone that this is the first step in changing not only for weight loss but for when people want to change something about their business they realize it's sabotaging themselves and their own business are you ready for that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's amazing because you know I, I really truly believe that and I share this with my clients all the time the way we do one thing is the way we do anything Right? And I really, really love how you have found this connection and you are working to make it known that, you know, we, if we are self-sabotaging our bodies, we're most likely self-sabotaging in our business somewhere, right? So this cycle, this kind of relentless up and down that you've experienced <clears throat> for so long, you know, you woke up one morning saying, you know what, I'm ready to change. I'm curious how shifting in your own life when you started making these changes in your own personal life how did that affect the other areas of your life well it, it does affect all areas of your life it doesn't matter if it's family or health or business so as you said everything is connected um, but i love for your listeners to understand too it wasn't an overnight i woke up one morning and said today i'm going to change everything it was a gradual change of small steps that made the difference because I've tried waking up in the, the next morning and going, I'm changing everything. And then by three o'clock that afternoon, I'm in the M&Ms. So mm. it took a period of time and actually even, and it doesn't mean this would take this long for you, but for me, it took over decades to finally come to some conclusions through small baby steps, through small changes that I, and small wins, that my brain was like, oh yeah, got this, got this, okay, and now this, yes, and that's how our brains kind of work, they like little baby steps that, that create a great success, so Mm -hmm. the first thing I tell anyone who comes into my work, whether it's for their business or for weight loss, is to start with a mental diet. And this is something that people are very confused by. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Like, well, you have control of your thoughts. And they're like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, you have control of your thoughts. The, especially with with weight loss or any type of self-sabotage, the animalistic brain that we still have within us that's created survival for all of these centuries still likes to look at things in a negative perspective because that's its job. It looks to see what's wrong with this picture. And if you've been using, if you've been using food as comfort for a long, long time, then taking that away says, oh no, I'm not safe. And it starts creating this mental thought process through thoughts and feelings to get you to eat. Same thing with your business. So the first thing to do is actually start listening to that voice, listening for it, and rather than taking action on it, just 
acknowledging it, saying, hey, I see you again, and dismissing it, letting it go. It sounds very simple, and it is. It's not always easy. I love that. Simple and not always easy, right? It's it's sometimes the most simple concepts that we just, I, I think maybe part of it is the pressure that we assume that we should just have it all figured out. <laughs> right. We have this immense amount of pressure put on us and then we put on ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves if we just don't have it all figured out right from the beginning. I agree. <laughs> it's like asking a, you know, a baby who just is trying to learn to, to walk to every time they fall down to slap them on the behind because they fell. That's what we do to ourselves all the time is we keep expecting ourselves to be in a, in a place that we can get to, but not right now. And it's going to be a giant leap and giant leaps happen. You know, they happen all the time. And I see them happen all the time when you change your brain functioning and your emotions then things can switch automatically. It's a really interesting conversation that comes back to this understanding of where are we getting our self-worth, right? It's this either or mentality of either I weigh this certain amount or I'm not good enough. Right. And then that negative feedback loop is then going to add even more pressure to try to fit into those skinny jeans, just like you said. And then when that doesn't happen, how do we cope with it? So it's this constant cycle of self-sabotage, so much pressure, but then there's, you know, the will, our soul is not broken. And it's so amazing, right? You know, right off the bat, you said to me, you were a chubby baby. And the word that you used was the agony, the agony of being overweight. And then this cycle of being prescribed speed and appetizer presence these fed into the belief that you were actually broken and that until you fixed this fat thing then you were not going to be worthy of probably the you know the three basic needs of that critter brain just like you were talking about which is love safety and acceptance right exactly exactly and although i had some of those things i wasn't I was still in that scared, frightened, this isn't safe mode. Yeah, because that brain doesn't, you know, the, the, our critter brain processes stress in the same way, you know, a, a saber-toothed tiger is chasing us. Our critter brain is going to tell us to run really, really fast. We have those same physiological responses in our body when we are getting yelled at from our boss, for example, or when our relationship with our partner is, not as easeful as we would hope it to be. <laughs> right, exactly. And then and it comes down to how do we cope? Yes, yes. And so disengaging, and it's not even disengaging, because like I said, you have to be aware of it and recognize the awareness of it. And so you are engaging, but then just, just kind of just saying, oh, I adore you, but you're, you're no longer in charge. Mm. and forgiving that thought or that feeling and then today's a new day a new minute a new hour then just get started from there Mm. and this all works to start so then what happens is the brain starts creating neural pathways that are different so here's how the brain works just like a computer if this then this so if i feel angry or upset right now then i go eat a dozen Oreo cookies, and that's grained into our mind. So then we stop eating the Oreo cookies, and we get stressed or anxious or angry, and then the brain wants to go eat Oreo cookies. But yet, we can just stop it by saying, no, I appreciate you, I forgive you, I'm grateful for all that you've done for me, but no, I'm not going to go get Oreo cookies right now. And so that's how that's how this all how this all works is starting with the brain and the thoughts and the feelings and shifting those so that it does become easy. It becomes your new normal. And how I did that was through self-hypnosis. So I started with the mental diet, kept saying no, awareness, no, forgiveness, and then moved on to a different something different. And then I started doing, I started 
reconditioning and reinforcing what I really wanted through self-hypnosis. I love how you brought such beautiful awareness to number one, the very first step in any shift or change that we might desire in our lives is not to just jump to that. You know, just like what you said earlier, I'm going to wake up in the morning and just change everything about my whole life. (laughs) Right. Because the soul, like, you know, like we said, is not broken. It wants that greater good for us. But unfortunately, just like you said, the brain has certain neural pathways that are there that have been there and that were there to help us, to help keep us safe, to help, help keep us protected for many, many years. So the first step in someone's journey is maybe not to do all the things, not to do more things, right? (laughs) Which that is what we have been falsely taught to believe, right? Uh, These limiting beliefs of, I will only be worthy if I reach this certain goal and I can only reach that certain goal if I start changing everything I do about my life. You know, we pull ourselves away from our norm until one day that elastic band is stretched too thin and we're pulled right back. And like you said, 3 p.m. rolls around and our best friend M&Ms are right in our hand again. Right. So the first step is really not changing anything. It's really about accepting, becoming aware and then truly forgiving and appreciating these thoughts and these pathways that our mind, heart, and soul has taken to help cope with the trauma that we've experienced in our lives. Agreed. I absolutely agree with that. And that is the first step. And I can tell Mm. you, it took me, um, for the first three days that I started this mental diet, I thought I was going insane. I absolutely thought. (laughs) (laughs) Because every couple minutes, a negative thought came up. I was surprised at how I was dictated by my negative thoughts and about three days, four days into it, then they started lessening and they started lessening. And now I can recognize them very quickly. I can just, just let them go. But I want to say dismiss, but that's not really true. I'm just, I'm forgiving them, letting them go. They're there for a reason. They've been helping me and it's not nearly as often. Once I started using some self-hypnosis recordings, then I started then the new neural pathways started being corrected, or started being formed. And then changes started happening as if it was my new normal. So let me give you a, uh, this story still, still makes me laugh. Let me give you an example. Mm. So about three months into it, after I'm li- saying no, doing the mental diet, I'm listening to a recording that's helping me to change these pathways. I walk into Wendy's. Now, also understand I ate fast food every single day. Most people cringe when I say that, but I did. Every single weekday and sometimes on the weekends, I eat fast food every day. And I knew to start releasing weight that I couldn't give that up. I knew I couldn't be told one more time, no, you can't have that. And so I kept eating my fast food every single day because it nurtured me in some bizarre way. But I started cutting my portions down. So in, in Wendy's, I was walking into Wendy's intending to get my junior cheeseburger deluxe and a small fry. And I, I drank that Coke at that time, which I don't any longer but at that time I did. And when she, the uh, cashier asked me what she could do for me, I said, I'll have the grilled chicken salad. And I looked behind me. I literally turned around because I thought the person behind me had just ordered. <laughs> that was so bizarre for me. But as she was ringing it up, I looked at the menu board and I looked up at the salad, the picture of that salad. I'm like, you know what? That's what my body really wants. And that kind of new normal was even shocking, but yet it didn't bring back any of the other cravings. And I thoroughly sat down and enjoyed that salad. So that's how simple and easy it can be with some support. Mm-hmm. And that's the key, I think, you know, in, in all journeys, you know, they truly say it, it takes a village to raise a child, but I really believe it actually just takes a village to be a human in general. <laughs> like we just, we need our people to support us and help keep us accountable and that little loving nudge and that system along the way. And I'd love just to, for the listeners today, just to really realize this. I think this is so important. You were surprised at how dictated you were by your negative thoughts, right? 
it's amazing how we speak to ourselves. We wouldn't speak to our worst enemy probably. (laughs) And we don't even realize it until we choose, like you said, to go on this mental diet and say, okay, with the right support, I'm going to give myself permission to start becoming aware. And then from that place, intuitively, (laughs) the stranger behind you, right? But really Mm -hmm. this beautiful stranger within yourself that you hadn't given the chance to speak in so many years wanted like you said what your body really wanted was that grilled chicken salad now for the first time she had a voice again because you gave her permission you invited her in you allowed her to come forward with curiosity and without judgment i think that is also really key in in your own journey right if you were on a journey of this stuckness, getting curious rather than judgmental is sort of that beautiful key that unlocks (laughs) the relentless cycle, right? This dieting cycle. Yeah, exactly. And what ends up happening too is that just like you said, everything is everything, supports everything. So then what's happening is that once you feel better about yourself and you feel better, um, about what you're doing, your action you're taking, you have greater confidence. You're con- able to communicate more clearly with yourself and with others. I've seen people who were afraid to speak up in meetings start to speak up and have confidence in what they're saying. Um, they pay more attention to their relationships, their career, and it, and even with their money. Because here's what happens a lot of times for women who have have this cycle of weight loss and weight gain is they get on the scale and they feel fabulous. Yay! I just lost the weight. Let's go celebrate. So either it's food or buying new shoes. Um, Or they gain weight and they go, I'm horrible at this. I'll never be able to get to my goal. And they go eat or go buy shoes. So (laughs) kind of the same cycle and it all shifts with just these simple steps. Amazing. And I'd love just to bring awareness for just a moment. You know, why is it important for somebody to break this cycle of consistent up and down? You know, what what possibly could happen to someone who might be on this journey of really you just you just nailed it. It's it's so much more than just weight loss and weight gain. It's celebrating or self-soothing. There's so many layers to it, but why, what could happen if you don't really choose to do this deeper mindset work? What could happen if you don't break this cycle? Well, the worst thing that could happen is everything would stay the same. Mm. And in sameness, because here's, here's what also is innate in every human being is we want more. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to want more. Uh, We want more love. We want more money. We want more help we want I mean those are all beautiful things to want right more love those are all beautiful things to want um, and so that desire to want more will continue to fester and will continue to because like you said this beautiful soul inside of us wants us to be the happiest more most content fulfilled and satisfied person that we could be and so did the divine that's our promise is to be healthy and wealthy and enjoy life and have happiness and love. So those are all promises meant to us. So that spiritual and innate sense of us, uh, sense wants more. And if if we ignore it, then you, you continue to use the same coping mechanisms you've always used, whether it's food, or drugs, or alcohol, or sexual encounters, or whatever it may be, that's harmful. And it will only continue to keep you in the same place, or even worse. So it's to do nothing, and some people choose to do that, and that is their choice in their journey. I honor that for them. But to do nothing, when you have this urge, this earning, this yearning to be something else or do something else, then it's your, I want to say obligation, and that's a really strong word, but it's your obligation and responsibility to take that on for yourself 
knowing that you are completely worth it, knowing that you are valuable right where you stand right now, and you are valuable when you become what it is you wish to become, and to be more of who you are meant to be. Sorry, I kind of got on my, my rant there. Please don't apologize. It is so true. And you know, I'd love to offer this as well to anyone that might be listening. I think growing up, I grew up Irish Catholic, right? So there's so many mindset work, so much mindset work that I honestly had to do to really reframe that desires, my desires in my life. I grew up thinking that desire was bad and that there was something to be shameful for when it came to desiring, because what that meant was that if I desired something more then it discredited or meant that I wasn't grateful for what I was doing in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. It sort of implied that if I desired more than where I'm at right now meant that I'm not good enough. And reframing that to actually truly believe, to piggyback exactly what you said, the divine has promised abundance to us. And our desires are actually leading us in towards our path, towards our dharma, towards our complete alignment within ourselves, right? So that wanting more is actually not a bad thing. And it doesn't mean that where you're at right now is not complete. Just like you said, we are perfect and whole right where we are. And if there is some type of cycle that, that you might be feeling in, in any area of your life, if you're feeling stuck, right? The worst thing that could happen is that everything could stay the same, <laughs> right? And the brain is really good at playing the game that it's playing. So, you know, if, if things start coming up for you, even as you're listening to this, you know, resentment or tiny little thoughts of, oh, well, mm, I don't know if I believe that or, mm, you know, all of the things that the brain does to discredit. <laughs> and, you know, I, I always like to say if, if, if we want different results, we have to do different things, right? So this kind of shifts, shifts me into wanting to ask you, and you've already touched on it a little bit, but how do we, what are some actionable steps for someone? So we kind of already talked about step one, which was that simply beginning to zoom out is, is the words that I sort of like to, like to use. Mm -hmm. Let's zoom out and look at our mindset with this sense of curiosity, right? The first step in really just accepting for, and forgiving is becoming aware of these negative mindset, these thoughts that are keeping us stuck in these loops. And then for you, the second step was this sort of subconscious work, right? This reconditioning. And for you, the tool that really helped was hypnosis. Would you mind sharing us with, uh, with us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked about the brain a little bit and its desire to be safe. And that little, I love how you call it a critter, critter part of our brain. Uh, some call it an animal brain. Mm. There's a couple other names. Mm -hmm. It's actually a very mm -hmm. little space in our brain, but it has a huge impact on our actions. Our other, other part of our brain is big, but we don't know how to use it, utilize it. And in that part is a place that science hasn't quite figured out where it's at, but there's a place called the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is also wanting to keep us safe. Subconscious mind is all of the years of repetitive thoughts and actions that have created the neural pathways in your brain. The subconscious mind controls the blink of your eye, the beat of your heart, things that you think about. Imagine what it'd be like if you had to think about doing those things. It's just <laughs> awful, but it does it automatically. It also harbors our habits and it harbors our emotions. What's really very interesting is our habits, as I just talked about the brain saying, if this, then this, when our habits are ingrained in our brain, they can sometimes just be that, just be a habit. So for instance, if I decided to put my left shoe on first every morning instead of my right, I would put a sticky note somewhere near my shoe closet and say, put your, your left shoe on. And sure enough, as I kept continuing to do that, it would become so normal that I would stop thinking about it. I would just do. And so that means the neural pathway has been re-etched. A habit has been formed. Unfortunately, 
for many of our habits, like for mine, which was, I feel stressed, go eat Oreo cookies or M&Ms or whatever it might be that's in the pantry. That is tied to an emotion. The habit is tied to emotion. So the emotion comes up and then the habit was developed. What hypnosis does is it helps change and separate the emotion by neutralizing the charge of it. So getting stressed, there's no longer a charge to it. There's like awareness. Yep, I see I am stressed. Let me go do something else, maybe deep breathing or an exercise or a movement of some kind um, that you can create some flow back into your energy system and your emotions and some space in your emotions. And then the habit has changed. It does it it does it so easily and gently and safely that you aren't even aware. Just like when I talked about walking into Wendy's, I had no intention of ordering that grocery salad. In the past, I would have for food searches at grilled. <laughs> um, <laughs> I couldn't even eat cheese. I don't know why I said that. Um, I so, <laughs> um, so I didn't have the intention. And in the past, I would have had to force myself because that was on the diet. That's a better, healthier choice. I would have white knuckled it and ate it and not enjoyed it. But those type of things happen so easily and subtly, your habits and your emotions have now switched and separated. And it's an amazing process that I have seen people change some of their outcomes automatically. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to recondition what the old emotion and habit has been and help you reprogram the brain. Mm. There's so many good points there. And, and I think so much of it comes back to, you know, where we define things as good or bad and particularly with emotions, you know, bringing it back to the, the brain's desire for safety. You said, a, you know, a beautiful word, there was charge, you know, to feel emotionally charged. I think many people can relate to what that might mean. We, we feel it within ourselves. It's a really visceral experience. And Oftentimes when it comes to emotions, you know, we, we self-soothe or we cope with them by numbing out, right? Whatever that looks like, whatever habit you have formed in order to keep yourself safe from feeling these feelings, because somewhere along the way we were taught that feeling different types of feelings is a bad thing. And that if you're feeling low vibrational, it means that there's something wrong with you, <laughs> Right. So just like you said, re-etching the brain in this safe, gentle way to neutralize the charge around these emotions and to actually invite them in, right? Circling it back around and say, okay, thank you for these habits that my subconscious brain has formulated from all these years of coping with this X, Y, or Z trauma that I experienced. And trauma is a very broad spectrum word, right? It could be something as simple as a, a balloon popping when you were two years old at your birthday that traumatized you, right? Leading up to, of course, many more extreme experiences of trauma. Accepting these habits, appreciate, appreciating them for what they've done, and then giving ourselves permission to gently neutralize the charge. I really, really love that. You can, you can almost feel it in your body. Like as you're saying it, it feels gentle <laughs> and it seems to make sense. You know, when you think about it logically, it's, you know, this, just like what you said about the salad, you know, you, you would have forced yourself. It would have been this sort of punishment mindset. You would have white knuckled your way through it because that's what was on your, your diet. You would have forced yourself into it. Whereas before we even get to that step of ordering that salad, if we're willing to do some of the mindset work behind it and gently neutralize that charge of the emotions that we're feeling, then we can give ourselves permission to enjoy the food that our body actually wants. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm. And that goes, that goes as well for whatever else we desire. So that puts us mm -hmm. in a place where we can attract the love of our life. That puts us in the place where we can start getting promoted in our careers or start building a business with more ease. And so all mm. of that happens because of those shifts. So really breaking this cycle of 
weight gain and weight loss. And I, I actually don't even like to use the term I've lost weight because that implies I might find it again. Because if you think about losing your cell phone, what happens? You kind of run around the house with your hands up and you're going, ah, and that means so something's lost and it's scary. So our subconscious mind hears the word lost and thinks panic. We have to go find it. So I tend to use the words weight release, letting it go, getting rid of, because those are more, they're, they're a little gentler, because yet yeah, the subconscious mind doesn't hear loss and think it's, mm. it has to protect itself. It's really a shift in mindset from scarcity to abundance. It's really this empowering place of, I am choosing to release this excess baggage, right? Because again, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. If we are harboring this physical armor, again, our body did that to protect our emotional state, our spiritual state somewhere along the way. And by choosing to accept that, acknowledge it, witness it, appreciate it, and then choosing to release it, it's so much more than just the physical weight. Mm -hmm. It truly is. And I truly believe that those are starting starting on that space of this. If I was given this desire to release this weight, the desire is one, achievable, because it comes from a divine space. And as you've mentioned, the soul's journey as well. And the soul's journey is always about helping us to be the happiest and healthiest we can be. Mm, this beautiful path of alignment more so with ourselves, not because we are trying to fit into somebody else's rules or expectations for us, but really, yeah, it's that desire, the soul's desires to be that most content, happy, aligned version of ourselves, that piece of us that knows that we're not broken deep down somewhere, but our, our conscious brain doesn't really know how to get it's like there's like a missing bridge and it seems like for you part of that building that bridge and walking over that safely walking over that kind of scary river was hypnosis and I'm sure there was also a few other things that you incorporated on your own personal journey what might those have been I'm also an advanced emotional freedom technique practitioner I often lovingly called EFT or tapping about a year in year into my practice as a hypnotist. Um, and that also goes hand in hand with the, the hypnosis because the self hypnosis, you know, you kind of have to, it's kind of like being in meditation or being in a deep place of prayer. You're still without distractions. And when I'm, really, really upset about something, I'm not going to take the time to go sit or lie down and listen to a recording. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I be in this mental, emotional space to be able to you, you know, talk myself through hypnosis. So emotional freedom technique and tapping helps with the real time, oh my gosh, this is bothering me. I need, I need to neutralize this so I can move forward. And so, like you said, boss yells at you, okay, I can do this, and then I, I'm okay. Uh, you know, you feel like you're late for something, it means that you're okay. You feel like you have a craving for something, and it will neutralize the craving. So you can make better and wiser decisions. So that's a, another big piece, of course, along the way. I've collected all kinds of tools, and I have a huge toolbox it energetically, energetically is a big toolbox, but luckily it doesn't take a lot of space in my office. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the, the shiniest and best tools in there too, right? I think oftentimes when we begin these journeys and, and we forget that we sometimes have to clear out some of the old rusty tools that are no longer working for us and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it can Indeed. not only be okay, but it can be done with safety. I, I think it has to be that way, right? Then I just, I love those words, that safety, that gentleness. It's sort of this, you know, this divine feminine. It's, it's this concept of being nurtured. It's this concept of being 
not having to be so hard. That's That's been part of my own personal journey. You know, just this breaking down these beliefs that I had to be hard. My body had to be hard. I had to work really hard in order to get what I wanted, in order to receive that love that I desired. You know, it was just like you said, if and then, or and it was very either or. And And by embracing this, safety, this gentleness, this softness, we can really allow ourselves, it, it, like you said, it becomes easy. And I love tapping. So maybe for someone who's listening to this, who really is like, what, is, what the heck does she mean by tapping? Emotional freedom technique. What, what exactly is tapping or the emotional freedom technique method? Well, it was originally uh, founded by Gary Craig. He used to call it emotional acupuncture without the needles. So what mm. we're doing is actually using our fingertips to tap on certain meridian endpoints, and these are some of the same points an acupuncturist or an acupressurist would use, to release the emotion, to neutralize the emotion around the activity that you have a hard time getting yourself to do. So for instance, someone who's afraid to drive, you could use this technique to help them feel more comfortable behind the wheel or driving. Uh, someone who's afraid of water. It's kind of how it all started was for phobias. And it also started to be used for a lot of traumas. And I love your description of trauma because it is so true. People come to me in trauma just because they think they have a trauma and, you know, upset because they're traumatized. And we start uh, peeling back the onion and it's something someone said to them. It's something, like you said, the balloon popped a startle or a two-year-old. I love that because that's mm. truly can be a what trauma is, along with horrific things that happen in people's lives. So um, that's what it does is it neutralizes the emotion. So then it's no longer an issue for you. So therefore, the brain can't automatically, automatically say, hey, I'm really stressed. I need to go eat. The brain now says, I'm really stressed. And you tap for it. You use emotional freedom technique. And then there's no action to go eat because it has neutralized the emotion around it. And it can be used for all. I used it with my clients for all kinds of situations. And you know, it sounds like it's kind of superficial and that's not how I want or want this to be experienced as. These two techniques mm. can help at a very, very deep level. And most people will say to me that they've received more release and comfort and shift in their actions through both of these techniques in just a short amount of time than they have in years of therapy or years of doing other type of work. I love that you said it's, you know, it's that real time neutralizing again, that charge, right? Cause I, I think of times when I'm angry, right? If I'm mad at my partner and I just see red, <laughs> it's like, what in the world can I do now? The last thing I'm going to do is go and listen to some like gentle guided <laughs> the thing in my ears because I'm probably just going to go nuts. But this real-time pattern interrupt is so intriguing and it's something that I've experienced and I've also taught even in teaching yoga classes and you know how do we get out of our head? It's by getting into our body, the physical body, the the first thing that you can touch, taste, feel, hear, our senses. And through this tapping and tapping on these acupressure points using maybe some uh, mindset work behind it, it is that release of that charge, that immediate pattern interrupt to neutralize the thing that we are experiencing so intensely, right? And just like you said, it can be released on a very, very deep, deep level, and it can happen quickly. I love that as well, that offering that healing does not have to be hard. It can feel that way at times, but we can give ourselves permission to really allow ourselves for it to be quick, for it to be easy, for the subconscious work to be almost immediate. That deep level release can be gentle and can be quick, which is a bit of a relief, right? Because after so many years, like you said, of whatever other means we have tried, and of course not discrediting any other experiences, but really just understanding that the pattern can shift and it can shift quickly. Absolutely. I really, really love that. And, and so, so it's not the right yes. approach to changing. It's 
Exactly. And what I like to say is it's your new normal. Mm. Some people forget they ever had it before. And I have to remind them, just just 10 minutes ago, you were telling me and you were hysterically crying. And now and now you're telling me it didn't happen? The brain is so good at playing the game that it's playing, right? On a good and uh, on whatever, I don't want to say, I don't like to say good or bad or positive or negative. It's just whatever game the brain is playing, it's so good at it, you know, and doing work with this, with clients in this transformational process. Just like you said, it's it's amazing how oftentimes we have to remind ourselves or our clients, like, remember just a couple weeks ago when this wouldn't have even been an option for you. You really have now created new neural pathways for a new identity. The way that you relate to yourself and the world around you is completely different. You're operating from a whole new baseline of health, really. Right. Exactly. It is so cool. Well, Vicki, I would love to share with listeners today, where can they find you? If any of this stuff is interested to somebody that has listened you know, and they're on this journey of feeling stuck, where might somebody be able to find you or find some resources? Well, first I'd like to, uh, and thank you for asking, first I'd like to offer something for absolutely no charge at all. And mm. it is the recording that I used to get on the journey of releasing weight. It is the exact recording. And so there's background noise in it. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. I sat in front of a microphone in front of my computer. It does have some background music in it. And it's what helped me walk into Wendy's that one day and order something that I would have in the past had to begrudgingly have to order because I was on the diet. And to get that, you can go to stuckup.com forward slash really so that's S-T-U-C-K-E-D-U-P, which is the name of my book, dot com forward slash R-E-A-L-L-Y. And why it's really is because you actually listen to this as you're falling asleep because that's the best time to create changes in your subconscious mind. And so really you can start losing weight while you sleep. So stuck up that time really. Amazing. And your book, this amazing book, Stucked Up, A Breakthrough Path to Unstuck. Tell us a little bit about that. That uh, was written mostly because people kept wanting more information. And <laughs> okay. so I sat down and wrote the book. It has, has, it's basically my life story. It was actually started, too, as a thesis. So people were asking me for a book, and I was studying to be a licensed minister, and I needed to write a thesis about my life. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do both. So I wrote the thesis in book format. And then it has guidelines. So it's my story, and then it has, in each chapter, there's actionable items for you to take away from. And it, um, it, it was a lot of fun to write. And I still get a lot of people who write me back and say that it's making big differences in their life. And I'm so grateful and honored that that is working that way for them. And the first chapter of the book, a really good friend of mine, before I published it, I took it to her and I said, please read this and let me know. Because it's my story. I'm like, who, wants, who cares, right? And let me know mm. if, this makes, if this will help people. And she actually mentored women in a women's prison and read them the first story, the first chapter, and said that there was tears and laughter and, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. So I, again, am grateful and honored that it can help people change their lives. So it's sucked up, and it is on Amazon. So you can get it there for in a Kindle version, or I'll send you a real copy. Amazing. And... It takes so much courage, really, to just truly I mean, to embark on any journey and then to be willing to share it so vulnerably and so beautifully. I'm just so grateful for you and to share this free offering of this hypnosis that really helped you on your journey with our listeners today. I'm so grateful for that as well. And then for more information, of course, you can find Vicky's book, Stucked Up on Amazon. And you know, it sounds like a plug, which is really not it's it's really just because this is this is real and like you said it's it's this is your life <laughs> 
and who are we and to circle it kind of back around to what you said at the beginning, who are we to not follow through on our, our calling? What was the exact word that you used? I don't remember now to tell you the truth. I can't think of it. It was, it, it's, it's our duty. Yeah. Obligation. It's our duty. Obligation. Obligation. Thank you. It's truly our obligation to live our most happy, content, healthy lives, because that is what has been promised to us by that which is greater than us. So who are we to not go on this journey? And the courage that is taken for you just to make those steps and then to share it is just so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for you. And I would love just to round it all out with simply asking, what does the term optimal health mean to you? First, it means gratitude. And that's grateful for even the little things that are going on in your life and even the things that are not so happy. <laughs> that's a hard, mm. time, hard place to be sometimes. So gratitude, some type of learning how to manage your thoughts and your stress. And it also means some type of movement. And there's a different definition for each and every one. And there's no wrong or right way to do that. Healthy foods, of course, environmental health as well. We forget that the chemicals we use in our home breaks toxins and dust sometimes breathing the air in some place can create, create a toxin for you. So environmental health, keeping that as clean as possible with products that don't harm the environment, but also won't harm you as well. Loving relationships, fulfillment through your work, or through volunteering. Those are just some of the things that I see as a list of optimal health. I love that it is such a holistic in the sense of, you know, it, it really optimal health is not just about looking a certain way, but it's really about every piece of our life pie coming together and living in harmony and in alignment with ourselves. It's so beautiful. Oh, well, Vicki, thank you so much for sharing your journey, for joining us here today, for your offerings, <clears throat> pardon me, for your offerings that you have so willingly shared. I so appreciate you. And I know there is so much value and just greatness here. <laughs> just, I'm really buzzing after this conversation and I'm sure that our listeners will feel that way as well. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you. Chelsea, and I appreciate you as well. I'm very grateful and honored to be part of your series. This is so exciting. Thank you so much, Vicki. I look forward to staying in, in contact. Of course. <laughs> I wanted to take a quick moment to give you, my community of listeners, some genuine appreciation. I know how valuable and precious our time is in today's world of productivity, and I couldn't be more grateful for yours today. If you feel that this episode was of value to you, I would be even more grateful if you were to share it with your people. Go ahead and copy and paste that link into messages. Smartphones make it super easy these days. Or if you're feeling really creative, pop a screenshot of the episode into your Instagram stories and send it on over to that person in your life who might need this boost of inspiration today. Don't forget to tag the podcast handle Let's Start Health and my personal account, The Yogi Yachty, so we can have all the fun connecting, building community, and sharing all the things. Thank you again, and remember, be curious and unwavering on this journey to health. 